Hey y'all, this is Justin Mitchell from the Sun-Herald in Biloxi, Mississippi. And this is Out Here in America. This week, we're in Metairie, Louisiana, with a CrossFit fanatic on a mission. It's really, it's more than a workout, and people don't understand it until they're like in that community. That's Dylan King. Two years ago, he and his partner Missy opened their own gym. Because if you think some people might judge you for doing CrossFit, try being trans like Dylan in the Deep South. Maybe we feel comfortable going into gyms, but then as soon as we have to pee or something, we just leave because we're uncomfortable. Dylan's transition in 2014 revealed his true self. And in the fitness world, his gym has become a safe haven just outside of New Orleans. And then I started looking around, I realized a lot of people in the LGBT community were overweight. It seemed that most of our get-togethers were at nightclubs, going out, staying up late. Always at the Drinking, bar. always. I went to Dylan's gym on one of Metairie's busiest streets to get in the workout of the day and to hear about doing what he loves, the LGBTQ community's embrace of his gym, and creating the kind of world he wants to leave behind for his one-year-old son, Lennox. Stick around on Out Here in America. This workout y'all had today, seriously though. <laughs> I couldn't even finish it, but it was a it's long one. It felt really good. I just got really hot. <laughs> yeah, it is super hot. And that's kind of what we fight with the most right now through this time of year. CrossFit's already hard. And then you throw like our heat element in it, it's even harder. It is really hard sometimes for, I think, gay people in general to just walk into a gym and feel okay, mm -hmm. you know? Cause I remember being conscious in gyms of just like the clothes that I wore or like how I presented myself just because I don't want people to be staring at you the whole time. and. You know, in my gym, we have a we have a really nice LGBT presence in my gym. Yeah. And it really is uplifting because sometimes you need that and you need that community. Yeah. Because a lot of times you only find it, especially in the South, like you said, in bars or in yeah. late night things and Right. And I hear that all the time and I think people think, oh, like, oh, they're just talking about CrossFit. It's the cult of CrossFit, you know? And it sounds really cliche and it's really corny and they're like, Yeah, they just work out all the time. But we have get togethers with our members. Every couple of months, we have, every time we hit our year, we're gonna have a party. We know when it's their birthdays and, and all that sort. So, you know, like don't dish it till you try it type of thing, but it really, it encourages you, you get new friends. You get friends that hold you accountable to be a healthier, better you. So where's the downfall in that? Even if you have a bad day, we had someone in here last week who's been with us for months and she almost passed out, you know? I mean, the heat index has been going up here lately. It's freaking humid. We got the sun baking in on us. There was no AC in the building, as you've noticed. And she's been here for months and she almost passed out. And at the end of it, it's like, we understand. Hey, high five, you showed up today. You did the best you could do. And that's all we can ask for. So what made you and your wife take the leap of faith and say, we're gonna, we're gonna open a CrossFit gym, you know, in the New Orleans area? Yeah. One of the big nationwide gyms had a big ordeal with a transgender woman being in the women's restroom or locker room. And I remember even before my transition, I'd walk in and they'd be like, mommy, there's a guy in here. And like, that was pre-transition and that was uncomfortable. Even if I just had to go in there to pee, you know, you have these women in the, the locker room. So I know that's a really uncomfortable situation for a lot of people in the LGBT community. Well, there was a big ordeal and the gym actually sided with the trans woman saying that she could go into whatever locker room she identified with. And that was like a big uproar. So that kind of struck a chord with me. 
At this time, I had just gotten my certification, my CrossFit Level 1, to where I could coach. So I had started coaching at a gym. And then I also started making me look into saying, well, a lot of our community is overweight. And is it due because we really hang out in unhealthy, you know, um, environments? So I was like, you know what, I, I need to do this. So I rented a space from the gym I was coaching at and I started doing one-on-ones and it was geared towards LGBT clients. Well, I got a handful and I, I started trying to promote myself. It was really difficult because I really liked and appreciate the guy that I worked underneath, but he wasn't super comfortable with me being like, hey, I'm an LGBT um, coach and I coach one-on-ones under his umbrella. He didn't want me to do that. So I knew eventually I was gonna have to get out on my own. We live like three minutes from here and this building came up and it was small and affordable and we're like, here we go. Like we are taking this chance and as soon as we got the key, we actually found out that we were pregnant with Lennox. So it went from like, cool, we need to do this. This is our niche. Um, Let's hope this works, this will be fun to being like, okay, well, this has to work because, you know, now you have a kid to support. <laughs> gonna, yeah, we're like, going to figure this out, yeah. So you started a CrossFit family and a family family yes. at the same time? Yes, literally the same time. Was that scary? <laughs> oh yeah, it's still scary. We have number two on the way and it's like, I'm terrified. <laughs> you know, like, I totally think I'm on my path and I feel the difference I'm making and not in a conceited way, but in a way where I feel fulfilled and it motivates me to keep going. But I mean, I think anybody who's under 30 with a second kid on the way, regardless of what you do for a career, it's a little scary, you know? And memberships come and go, so it's almost kind of like a service industry, which adds a little bit more fear. But I truly believe as long as I put out well, my mission's really more important. Like, we have food on the table, we're okay, we'll be, we'll be okay. I really loved coming in today and seeing, like, the rainbow flag flying. Yeah. And seeing, you have a little sticker on your door. Yes. Basically saying, all are welcome. And that's just really a beautiful thing to me. It makes yeah. me almost emotional because it's really hard to find that a lot, especially in the South. And I'm sure it means a lot to you to have that flying and to be yeah. proud of it. That was one of the things I was like, Put a rainbow flag in there. Like, we are not opening our doors until we got that rainbow flag up because my thing was is, you're gonna walk in and feel weird about sweating in a place because it has a rainbow flag, then there's probably a ton of other gyms in this area that you can belong to. But there's not a ton of other gyms in this area that someone LGBT who maybe doesn't have their self-confidence yet will feel comfortable at. We've lost a member because the flag was up and she did not know that I was trans. She just made some small comments, you know, I just don't get it. And I was just like, well, I'm trans. It's kind of really quiet for the rest of the class. And before the next month came up, she was like, I'd like to cancel my membership. You know, and everything was fine up until that point. And then I had somebody else come in and they're like, hey, I noticed your flag on Google, pictures on Google, I saw the flag was up, like, what's up with the flag? And I was just, word vomit was like, well, I'm trans. And I started off really one-on-one training um, LGBT people, you know, like everybody's just welcomed here. It was like, oh, okay. You know, and he joined, which was nice. But after those two instances, I was like, talked to my wife, I was like, I mean, 
should we take the flag down? You know, like, is it keeping us from growing? You know, you're talking about the growth. And at the end of the day, like, this is our business that I support my family with. And I was like, should we take the flag down? And I really thought about it. I'm like, you know, I'm going to stay on my track, my path. This is why I started. I'm going to stay with my morals and my roots and go with my gut feeling. I'm going to keep it up and the right people will join. And just imagine what that flag is doing for the people who are here who don't say anything, who are yeah. here because you fly that flag. Right. I think we have a third of people in here, I would say, safe, that are LGBT. And I think it does a lot for them, you know, because a lot of times you go into a, another business too. I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but you see a flag and you're like, I wonder if the owner truly stands behind it or if it's just like, let's put it up because it broadens our horizon. You know, but like we put it up there and our members know we mean it. And also it kind of gives us the opportunity to take someone who's like, oh, whatever, a flag, who may be a little bit more conservative on things, they join and then they're in this community with such a diverse group of people and then it starts opening their minds. Like I've had a couple of members, guy members, working out next to me trying to catch me in workouts, you know, and they end up getting respect for you as an owner, as a dad, as a husband, as a coach, as an athlete. And then boom, they find out I'm trans and it's just like, they're like, what? You know, and like that's almost the beauty of quote unquote passing you know, is I can break down these walls, whereas they may think just totally one thing about transgender people, and they come in, and we have a very good group of trans guys here, you know, and they slowly, on their own, will start to learn sometimes who's trans, and it just, it starts changing their mind, whereas, like, maybe before they wouldn't have even given it the time of day. That's such a great thing, though, that you, yeah. have, you have a community of people who come together no matter no matter who they are and yeah. know, what gender they feel they are, it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, we act just like, pretty much, I guess, like your cisgender male. And then we have our trans guys who are like, I'm queer, I'm here, and they'll wear their tights or their short shorts or whatever, and I don't care. I don't care, and I don't care how you feel about it walking in, because they're just here to work out, and they just want to be comfortable, and that's how they're comfortable, and that's how they feel today. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to promote them living a healthier lifestyle, regardless of how they're identifying that day. That's not my business, you know? I don't get being like super, I'm queer, I'm here because that's not who I am, but I'm still transgender. It doesn't affect me who you are in your personal life, you know? I want you to live a healthier lifestyle. I think that's the main problem with most of America in general, you know, is being scared to start off being healthy. It's hard, it's hard work, it's dedication, it's planning, you know, it's intimidating. Are you and Missy excited to raise your children in a place like New Orleans? Yes, we love New Orleans, we really do. Missy is from Laplace, her family's out there, so I love being out here. We are very much like, if we wanna last minute go to the zoo, go downtown or whatever, we can get there in like five, 10 minutes. But then we're like right outside in Metairie to where like when we want to get away from things, you know. And I do feel like it's a little bit more conservative than we are. I know it's more conservative than I am. But hop, skip and a jump in New Orleans and it's still just as diverse, you know. I mean, we were born and raised here. Um, we love it. It's so crazy because the South is so conservative and we only live, I think it took me an hour to get here from my yeah. front door today, but it's almost like a... <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so stupid. Yeah, no, no. It, I was actually just talking, I don't know, um, Jimmy that was here working out with me. We were just talking, him and his girlfriend just took a road trip. She was wearing like a rainbow workout shirt and 
you know, some BFE place, little trucker gas station. And he's like, you're gonna go in with that shirt? You know, and it's like, we're so close to so many conservative areas, you know, and a lot of people don't even think about that. But I mean, I remember pre-transition, you know, punky little hairstyle. I was a young girl with tattoos all over. And if I had to go in a gas station at one in the morning, I was always a little wary about who I was gonna run into. And a lot of people don't think that you have that fear. They're like, oh, you're just gay. It's not that big of a deal. And you're like, no, it may not be that big of a deal to you, but like, there's assholes everywhere. Like, <laughs> you know? It's almost like you need the reality checks though, because you surround yourself by people who love you and support right. you. But it's just like us. We work for a media company and we post LGBT stuff. And then you see the comments and you're like, oh my God, these wow, people live exists. 10 minutes from here. Mm -hmm. Like they exist. We had a member who he's straight, he's married, he has a kid. He just moved from like the New Orleans area close to me here in Metairie, which like I said, we're like five, seven minutes from the New Orleans exit. And he had a rainbow and an American flag on his front yard in New Orleans and he put it up here and he ended up getting anonymous letters and postcards being like, watch what you put in our faces or represent on your front lawn. You know, have you hung out with the lesbians up the street? So he got a little nervous because he has a young kid and he ended up moving the flags to his backyard. And that just irritated me. You know, people always think, oh, well, Dylan's successful and he's got a business and he's running a family. He's living a normal life, like everything's fine. But that kind of hate and threatening, putting anonymous letters is in, still in my neighborhood. And that's why I do all the outreach I do. It's not necessarily for me personally. So I ordered a rainbow flag for my garden and it should be in today and I can't wait to put that sucker up. But that's why. I'm not so out in everybody's faces, but I'm not scared to be like, this is who I am. You have no right to tell me how to act, who to love, what I should represent openly or not. You know, how are things ever going to change if we don't do things like that, like right. putting a flag up? And why is a why is a flag controversial? I still don't. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really easy for the people who surround me to be like, oh well, so everything's just normal now. Like, yeah, everything's just normal. But you know, my marriage really just became legal. Who knows if I'm going to get letters because I have a small little rainbow flag in my yard. You know. It shouldn't be that way. And until it's not that way, I'm going to keep doing my outreach and I'm going to have my flags up, you know, because to me, there's no room for that. They think there's no room for being out in the open. And I don't think there's room to shut somebody down for who they are, you know. I recently got engaged. Like, Congratulations. Thank you. This week, actually, I did it on Monday. Okay. I don't want a wedding at all. My partner is very different. He wants the works, yeah. you know, he wants this like diva princess moment. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because marriage just became legal for us, but that has just never been something that I've wanted. Like, oh, I need this big wedding. You I, know? before we got married, yeah, I always wanted to get married, but it was always more, let's think about the decorations and stuff, because we're not really legally allowed to get married anyway. But not until we got together was I uh, like, okay, the legal aspect of this actually is very important to me. I've had a really rough relationship with my parents growing up. And at this time, I was not on speaking terms really with either of them so much. So it was really important to me. It's like, let's just say something or it happened to me. And, you know, the first kin would be my parents, who I don't really have a relationship with. Whereas I've spent two to three years with Missy already and we're engaged at this point. Like, that's kind of when... I was like, I want to work and build this life, and if something happens to me, I want it all to go to you. 
So when it became legal, it was a dream come true. You never really even thought really happening. You know, it was really, really awesome. Your son's growing up in the gym. I see he has mm -hmm. a, there's a little, uh, yep. <laughs> little play toy in the yeah, corner. Yeah, he comes here a lot. He's here almost every day. Yeah. Almost every day. My wife works a part-time job Monday through Wednesday. So he's here with me from about 7 a.m. till 10.30. So I coach two classes within that time frame. And then we get to go home because I'm pretty much off during the middle of the day in between our class schedules. But he's here during two classes. And at first I was really nervous about having to set some time, like change his diaper sometimes while they're stretching. Or, okay, y'all, we went through our stretch and our warm up, and we went through the fundamentals. Y'all build up your weight. I'm gonna go change his diaper real quick. Or I'm gonna go feed him a yogurt real quick. But you know, it's, it's weird. It's like, I'm just recently figuring out that people enjoy us being smaller. And now I'm figuring that they're really enjoying supporting a small family business, that they actually take pride in, that they've joined you know, a family owned place. And members can see. Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, he's, his hair's getting lighter, his hair's curly now, or he got a tan at the beach, or how was his first you know, beach vacation? They're growing up with him and they're watching him and you know, how's Missy feeling with the pregnancy or are y'all gonna find out what you're having, all this stuff. So it's, it's like an added value. Like they're even more part of our family because they're part of our kids growing up now. You know, and I think it's really good for him because I grew up in a really unhealthy lifestyle. So what better way to raise my kid in a healthy environment, you know, to right the wrong, I guess, you know. What was it like watching Linux being brought into the world. It's crazy. It was just like the movies. I mean, everyone says that, all the cliche things. They're real, like they're cliches for a reason. You guys ready for number two? I think as ready as we're gonna be. We wanted them close. I'm excited to have them close together. You know, I feel like it's gonna be really hard while they're totally codependent. And then it's gonna be really fun when, you know, they get a little bit into their own personalities and a little bit more independent. I think it's gonna be a, a ride for sure, but a fun one. But I love it. I've always wanted to be a parent. Being older than my sisters, I always helped take care of them. Our household was always hectic, so I really helped out a lot. And I always had like that caregiver nature, I guess. So I've always wanted to be a parent. So as hard as it's gonna be, is the most rewarding thing every day when I walk through the door and he's popping his head over the sofa and he's like excited to see me. You know, there's no better feeling than that. He's gonna start school in like a couple of years, I yeah. guess. Are you ever concerned about what kids might say? I almost feel like, I don't think they'll really know, but if they ever, ever did come to know, it's almost like a lot of kids now, I've noticed from my members, will be like, oh yeah, so-and-so has two moms or so-and-so has two dads. It's almost part of a normal conversation. It's like, you know, I'm sure you still have the families that are like, we don't talk about that, but I feel like we are only going to progress more with these social issues. And if they do find out, whether it's a conversation between them and their kid is up to them. But if they do, I don't think transgender will be as a taboo thing. It's already not. I started transitioning in 2014, so four years ago, and it's a completely different animal than what it was then. You know, you can talk about it. You probably, you're mo more likely to know a transgender person now or know someone who knows a transgender, whereas before it was like, didn't really know much about it. So say another three to four years, who knows what the exposure is gonna be then. And that's all it is, is exposure. You know, you don't learn from someone who heard something. 
You know, you gotta meet this, the person, you gotta talk with the person. Whether you agree or disagree, you can agree to disagree. But until you met someone personally, like how do you really know? You haven't asked them the question, you know? So what do you hope your son learns from your journey? Um, that everybody's equal. That everybody's equal and you really just have to have compassion. I think that's the main thing I wanna teach him. Not to judge somebody, you've never been in their shoes, to work hard, you know? And I've always told Missy, the one thing I really want for him is that he loves something. I love that I can help people be the best version of themselves. And I love that I get that opportunity here. Well, I never thought I could do that, you know, or I feel confidence here. Like, I love that I can give that to people. And it like makes me, it just drives me every day. I mean, I wake up at 4, 4.30 every morning, Monday through Friday. And not much, Lord. I don't know another job that I would be totally fine with waking up at that time every day. I get home at 7.30, 8 o'clock. You know, I have my midday, but like that's still in all a long day. And it's because I love what I do and I love what I feel like my purpose is here. And I want that for him. I don't, I don't care what it is, as long as it's filled with compassion and it's equal and it's nice. You know, I just want him to love something and be passionate about something, you know, and doing good. Thanks to Dylan King for sitting down with me and Amanda McCoy, Davin Coburn and Jordan Marie Smith for producing out here in America. We'll be back in two weeks with more stories like this. But in the meantime, subscribe to Out Here in America on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Leave us a review, and we'll see y'all soon on Out Here in America.